Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. All this has happened before. Hey kids, Townsend Coleman here, the voice of Michelangelo from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Tom Kane, this is the voice of Yoda on Star Wars. Hey yo, it's Wopat, and a big yeehaw to you all. I used to be Luke too. Hi, my name is Oli Shoshan. I play Jedi Master Shakti. Hi, Butch Patrick here, Eddie Munster. Hi, this is Jim. Hi, this is Bill Farmer. You're listening to the Neverland Podcast. Welcome to Neverland, to Disney and beyond. And it will all happen again. And now your head lost boy, the Spider Pan. Walk on the eyes of East Pan. Jeremy. Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Think that happiest thought. And let's fly away to Neverland. And I know I could sure use the trip. Today hasn't been a great day. <laughs> we'll just put it like that. Uh, sometimes everything just piles on all at once, and today has been a day like that. So I could use a flight to Neverland. So let's go on together. We do have a lot of fun planned for later in the show. I had the opportunity to have a three-way phone call with Katie Lee and Will Ryan. Now, some of you will know those names right away. Katie Lee was our very first ever guest we had here on Neverland. She, of course, was the voice of Sunny Gummy, uh, Rolf on the Muppet Babies, uh, and many, many more. And Will Ryan has the same. I mean, he's got probably even more credits. I mean, <laughs> if I really dug in, I mean, Will Ryan, uh, you know that little uh, seahorse in The Little Mermaid who introduces Sebastian? Uh, that was Will Ryan. If you watch Mickey's Christmas Carol, you've heard Will Ryan as Willie the Giant. And, of course, Pete there, who has the Ghost of Christmas Future. Uh, he also revoiced Pete in Get a Horse. He does more of a classic-style Pete compared to what Jim Cummings does with Pete. Uh, but you have heard Will Ryan's voice in a lot more things than you even realize. And I'll let him he'll, he'll mention a few things that I wasn't even aware of later when you hear him on the show. They're both coming on later in a great phone call. And I will, of course, have a review of uh, Mandalorian. Well, I got to talk about some stuff that happened on The Mandalorian. I will make sure that is after the conversation with Katie Lee and Will Ryan. So if you happen to have not watched The Mandalorian uh, the previous week, you can skip that. No problem. Okay, because I don't want to spoil it for you, but so you've been warned. I also today will have a review for you of Disney Plus's uh, Mulan. I guess it's called a Disney Plus now because it didn't get into theaters, although I did notice in the credits that it was formatted to be awesome in IMAX, apparently. Well, that didn't happen. We didn't get the IMAX experience, did we? Uh, we didn't even get it in theaters. But it is now a free view 
For anyone who has Disney Plus, you don't have to pay that extra thirty dollar fee for an early sneak sneak preview, sneak view, whatever you want to call it. I don't know, but you can now just get on Disney Plus and just sit and watch it because it is now December. So I did take the time to watch it. I still need to watch Christmas Chronicles too over there on Netflix, and we'll talk about that at some point this month. I just haven't gotten a chance to watch it, but I did just get back from watching Mulan. Uh, so I will I'll have all this on the show, but before we get into that, the only news I really want to talk about is we had three major Hollywood passings, and I want to give a little time to each one. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. So first, I'll start with Pat Patterson. Now, Pat Patterson was born Pierre Claremont, and he's a Canadian-American and a professional wrestler. And he is in the WWE Hall of Fame, class of 1996. Now, looking through his career, his early career, I mean, he was wrestling in Montreal, Quebec in 1958, and he was performing as Killer Pat Patterson. Uh, He worked at Big Time Wrestling, Pacific Northwest Wrestling, Big Time Wrestling in San Francisco, Championship Wrestling from Florida, American Wrestling Association, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Loot International, and then finally the World Wrestling Federation, also now known as World Wrestling Entertainment. He's been there from 1979 until 2020. He was North American champion in 1979. He was also the first intercontinental heavyweight champion. And that was basically, it's a mid-card title when you're not like the top, you know, uh, the top champion. I don't know what you would call it now, but they got so many different belts and it's gotten confusing. And I don't pay attention to WWE so much anymore. So, uh, but as things kind of went on, I remember first seeing him in the Attitude Era, and he was sort of Vince, one of Vince McMahon's, Vince McMahon's stooges. Uh, they're from 1997 until 2000. He was part of the corporation, uh, and they had the McMahon-Helmsley faction. So he was part of that uh, back in the time when Stone Cold Steve Austin was kind of the uh, anti-establishment, uh, you know, fighting against his boss kind of thing. And that, was, uh, that kind of paved the way. That was pretty much a lot of the Attitude Era uh, was focused around that. Uh, so he was around with like Jerry Briscoe, uh, which I wonder if Jerry Briscoe is still alive. That's kind of a curiosity. Um, but yeah, so he actually just died this past week of a liver failure caused by a blood cot in Miami, Florida on December 2nd at 79 years old. Uh, quite a few accomplishments, uh, NWA United States heavyweight championship, a world team, world tag team championship, all kinds of different... Uh, I mean, he was an 11-time champion even with that tag team. He, he even worked with superstar Billy Graham, not to be confused with Billy Graham, you know. <laughs> uh, also with Rocky Johnson, so he must have been good friends with uh, The Rock as Rocky Johnson was his father. Uh, so, I mean, he's got a long list of things, of different championships that he, he was... And basically, you have to prove that you can be the show, you know. If you're going to get a championship, it means that you seem to be, have some value... Uh, because, you know, we know that it is it is pre-planned. So, you know, basically you get a belt because you're you, they figure you're entertaining. The next person who passed away, David Leonard Landau, also known as David L. Lander. 
Uh, American character actor, comedian, musician, and baseball scout who is best known as being Squiggy on Laverne and Shirley. And he's even been a goodwill ambassador for the National Multiple Sclerosis Society. Uh, so, yeah, he's a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. Well, he was. and had a small stake, actually, in the Portland Beavers. And actually worked as a baseball talent scout from 1997, first for the Anaheim Angels, and then later for the Seattle Mariners. And he was a member of Sabre, a baseball sabermetrics organization, for many years. He actually had multiple sclerosis, and he passed away at 73 years old here on December 4th. And by the way, December 5th, well, happy birthday, Walt, this week as well. Uh, but starting out his career, cracking up in 1977, he was, let's see, where's something that I'm familiar with? I mean, there's a lot of things. There was a movie called The Big Bang in 1985. He was in Who Framed Roger Rabbit as a smart aleck. Basically, he's a voice. So it makes me wonder if he was, you know, like the the, the gorilla, but I don't think so. Uh, League of Their Own, he was a... He, oh, he was a radio sportscaster on League of Their Own. I remember that. Uh, he was Frankie DeFlee in a Tom and Jerry movie. Which, not to be confused with the current one, this was in 1992. Uh, Bugs Life, he was Thumper. The Iron Giant, he was a hunter. Uh, Titan A.E., he was the mayor. I uh, I think I saw that one at least one time. Scary Movie, he was the principal, Squiggy Squigman. And I think they did that because the principal in Scream was um, Arthur Fonzarelli himself, uh, you know, uh, Henry Winkler. Uh, Dr. Doolittle 2, he was a bird. Jimmy Neutron, boy genius, he was a Yoki on guard and Gus. Christmas with the Cranks, he was the tanning intruder. I remember that uh, Christmas with the Cranks is actually kind of a fun movie. Uh, Green Lantern, First Flight, he was Chip. Uh, and he's got a lot of, te- a lot of, lot of television credits. Uh, from the, Everything Worth the Boob, New Heart Show, Barty Miller, The Vernon Shirley, Happy Days, The Love Boat, Highway to Heaven, uh, George Burns, Comedy Week. He must have been a special guest or something. Garfield Christmas, he was Doc Boy. That's right. Doc Boy on a Garfield Christmas. Uh, so many different things. Even was a tactician character on Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, and I believe as he popped up on Star Trek, he was, um, he was, oh, I cannot think of who they were. There was an alien species, you know, and they had like the, uh, the Ferengi. He was a Ferengi. Uh, I remember seeing, uh, in this episode peak performance, I remember seeing an image of him as a Ferengi. Uh, I don't know if that was the episode they're talking about in Star Trek The Next Generation or if he popped up some other time. Popped up on Saturday Night Live as Squiggy, uh, Family Matters. The Nanny, The Tick, uh, that might have been the animated series. Uh, Superman, the animated series. Hey Arnold, uh, my goodness, a lot of times voicing stuff. The Weird Al show in 1997, how fun is that? Uh, He was Horace Badoon, or Badden, on 101 Dalmatians, the series. My goodness, Uh, Recess, he was Leonard Weems on Recess for two episodes. He was on The Simpsons as Swiggy. Uh, my goodness, there's a lot of stuff. Curtis on The Graham Adventures and Billy and Mandy. Doc Boy once again on The Garfield Show. That's the more recent series. Uh, Donnie the Shark and SpongeBob SquarePants. Lots of voice credits to his name. And like I said, he just passed away here December 4th. But the big one, we all, and I do mean big because he was one tall guy, David Prowse. He's got a, a long list of roles. I'm going to go to his main... You know, we all know him as Darth Vader, okay? we He was in the costume as Darth Vader. Of course, we know James Earl Jones provided the voice. But even before that, he was doing uh, some British television. He was like this safety superhero, uh, Green Cross Man. 
which uh, he was promoting road safety to, to children in 1975. Ran, and this actually ran between 1971 to 1990, and he received an MBE in the year 2000 for his work. Uh, but he popped up in the Clockwork Orange, uh, the Horror of Frankenstein. I bet that's a Hammer film. That's got to be a Hammer film. <laughs> uh, he was a Minotaur in an episode of Doctor Who back in 1972. And, of course, Star Wars in 1977, The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Uh, in 2004, he's in Saving Star Wars. I, I believe we talked about that. Uh, I believe we had the film creator. Um, trying to think of that. Yeah, I think, I think so. Because uh, I remember him popping up in that. We we commented. We had the guest. I cannot think of his name now. My goodness, isn't that terrible of me? Uh, so he did a lot of stuff. He popped up even something called "I Am Your Father" as himself, uh, which is probably a little documentary, I guess. But I guess it's not listed as a documentary. But yeah, David Prowse popped up a lot of places, and I remember him. Uh, he was, I think, going to be coming into Kansas City, and his health started getting bad. Um, so in October 2016, he announced his retirement from all public appearances, uh, which is basically due to the ill health and the wishes of his family. And his final on-screen appearance was later announced and filmed with the Welsh musician and his longtime friend Jace Lewis in a sci-fi music video titled Shields. He died in London on the 20th of November, age 85, with an unspecified illness. Well, this is interesting. On the 2nd of December, a figurine of Darth Vader appeared on the plinth where the statue of Edward Coulson once stood in Bristol, England, in what was seen as a tribute to Prowse. So, yeah, he he definitely made his mark in all of our hearts as being Darth Vader. And I've even seen some... There's been a lot of wonderful photos being shared on social media, and I even saw somebody had posted a picture. He didn't have the helmet on, but that way that we see you know Darth Vader standing where we're used to seeing him with this kind of his... His hands kind of on his belt. He's got his, got his thumbs hitched, you know, into his belt. Uh, and he was just kind of standing there and just taking cast photo with uh, some of the other cast members. I think it's just the way he liked to stand. But it became iconic with that is the way Darth Vader would kind of casually stand is with his thumbs hooked in that belt like that. So David Prowse, we you know, we thank you. If that's, that's something we th- think of with you. Sort of like the way Chewbacca walks is definitely the way Peter Mayhew walks. And so... There's a certain way you can picture it in your head, just the way, you know, like Chewbacca, the way he walks, the way he runs. That's the way Peter Mayhew moved around, too. And so he left a legacy on those characters. So they will be missed, but we do, of course, like to pay them tribute here in Neverland. All right, but before I get on to the interview that I was telling you about, it is time to do a movie review, which is nice because we haven't really, I don't feel like we've gotten to do a full movie review in a long time, not since Bill and Ted came out. Because we haven't gotten a chance to go out and see movies here lately. But uh, I did get a chance to watch this on Disney+. Plus. It's Mulan. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, a movie! Yeah, we're gonna be a movie! Starring everybody and me. Boy, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time. Kermit, I got a great picture of the chicken! Oh, good! Okay, well, I will say I think this was acted well. Uh, I, I I did enjoy the cats, especially Donnie Yen as the uh, general. I thought was he's he's awesome. Of course, I like I've seen him in a few other movies. Uh, of course, he was in Rogue One as uh, Chirrut. Uh, you know, it's hard to remember how to say his name, and I probably got a figure of him on the wall up over here. I know I've got it. Yeah, Chirrut Imwe. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> but yeah, I, so I've got a figure of that character because I really enjoyed that character in Rogue One. But he, of course, was in that. Uh, he's also been in the Ip Man series of films uh, back from China, which are about the man who taught Bruce Lee. Uh, great, fun movies. Uh, so he's a great martial artist and he gets to showcase some of his skills in this movie, which was great. Uh, so I don't have any complaints about the cast. It is kind of funny. They actually filmed in New Zealand, although everybody was like, oh, they get to film in China. No, if you look in the credits, it says they filmed in New Zealand. So because they need the big open spaces and New Zealand really definitely does provide some beautiful um, scenery there. So, yeah, I and I the look of it, the style of it. I mean, it was very, very it, everything looked good. And the action sequences are very interesting. But I got problems with the writing. I really do. The problems that I had mentioned before that I had heard when I was watching um, the like this, there's a series on a, a, I don't think it's Screen Rant, but they, they have pitch meetings. Maybe it is a Screen Rant series on YouTube, but they have pitch meetings where this one guy who's basically being funny will go and kind of point out some of the things that's wrong with the movie, almost like Cinema Sins will. If you've ever watched these Cinema Sins uh, YouTube videos, uh, except for Cinema Sins, he's just trying to be a jerk about movies, so it's meant to be funny what he'll nitpick at. But the, the other one, yeah, it's meant to be funny when they're doing the pitch meeting, but he does point out some seriously bad flaws. One of them being that Mulan is somehow a superhero, and we just blame it all on Chi. She just has a really strong Chi, uh, so she doesn't have to earn any of her abilities. Uh, I, you, you almost might get it implied because her father was a war hero. Maybe he had taught her some things because he had wished he had a son. You kind of get maybe the hint that, well, we're kind of go with that because they say that he indulged her like a son and needed to make sure to teach her that she is a girl. You know, something there's there's like a conversation around the dinner table with his wife. Uh, with, you know, Mulan's parents. So I guess they're trying to say that maybe he taught her some stuff, but here's the thing. There is a moment in this movie because, oh, she has just this, this super strong chi, and so she's got superpowers. There are moments in the movie where, you know, she's training with the other soldiers to fight like that, but when she gets upset and she accidentally lets her chi loose, she suddenly gets super abilities. She suddenly knows how to do all these things and has all these superpowers. And I, even when she's fighting the main villain, who was much more entertaining than she was, uh, when she's fighting the main villain, he's kind of got a you know grit showing on his face, like I'm fighting, and she has low look on her face, just straight face, like it's oh this is nothing. And as they they would say in pitch meeting, oh it's super easy, barely an inconvenience. That kept going through my head every time I was watching this. Because there's another time. She's out in an open area. There's, you know, the, the groups of soldiers from her regiment are kind of buckling down, hiding in their shields, while the villains are flinging big fiery boulders that ex basically explode everybody on the shields. And they've been precise and on target. She's been standing out there in the open. And, of course, they're not taking aim at her. They're taking aim at the bundles of soldiers. But she manages to go up and get around behind them because she sees up in the mountain because they want to do the avalanche thing from the animated movie. So she has managed to run around the battlefield and come around behind them, and nobody notices. And when you see the scene, you'll see what I'm talking about. She's out in the open in front of everybody, and nobody sees her running around behind them. And she, you know, fires off some arrows to pick off a few guys, just trying to get their attention, because she wants them to fling a, an exploding boulder up into the mountain to cause an avalanche. Well, they have been perfectly on target, hitting all these groups of shoulders, soldiers and killing them all. But when they turn that thing around to take aim at Mulan, and they know where she's at, 
they fly it so far over her head in the worst NBA basketball air ball you've ever seen to end up hitting him out and causing an avalanche. Now this avalanche wipes out the enemy army. It nearly takes out all of her army. But Mulan hops on a horse and, oh, it's super easy for her to not get caught up in an avalanche. Barely an inconvenience. In fact, she's able to ride along on top of the falling snow to pull one of the other characters out from the snow before he dies. Super easy, barely an inconvenience, because she's got super chi. Okay? So, they're talking about making this realistic, but the other character that has, like, super chi is this woman who she's getting tired of being called a witch, although she does all these magic things, like turning into birds, and they never quite make any sense of, is she possessing other people, or is she turning into them? Because at one point, she looks like she steps into somebody's body, but then what happens to the person when she turns back into herself? You never see that. She just shapeshifts, like Mystique, into herself again. But what happened to the person she was impersonating? Did she kill them? We don't ever see that. We see it like in a shadow that she just steps into somebody's body, but then they're just gone when she turns back to normal. They're just gone. There's no body that drops off of the ba- of the you know person that she turned into. There's nothing. It doesn't make any. I don't. I, so I'm trying to. I mean, granted, it's some magic. It's not supposed to make complete sense. But Harry Potter at least makes sense with its magic. Somehow or another, you can. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Sure. This I'm like, wait a minute. So did you take over their body for a little bit and then you come out of the body, or did you shape shift into them? And if that's, okay, so when you come out of possessing their body, their body should end up dropping. And if you're just shape-shifting into them, then why do they show the, her merge into somebody? I can understand if she's able to shape-shift into somebody, then she should kill the person, hide the body, and then shape-shift. That's what, like, the chameleon would do in Spider-Man comics, and that makes sense. You know? So I had a lot of problems with that, because she can, also, you know, shape-shift into a bird, or a flock of bats, apparently, or something... Uh, like, okay, so she's got crazy, and I guess that's just blaming it on her chi, and she learned a dark power. So this is, I guess, trying to be fairy tale-ish, but the more I was trying to be fairy tale-ish, the more part of my brain says, wow, this would be better as a cartoon. Oh, that's right, it was. So I, I really have some serious problems with the writing, because also a lot of the soldiers are almost useless, because only Mulan is the one with superpowers because of her chi that can really achieve these amazing things. Uh, so... And then, okay, so after she, and she reveals herself to be a woman, you know, spoiler the wording, you know, she's going to get revealed. If you've seen the animated, you kind of know how this goes, but they did change a lot of stuff. So after she's going, tells them oh, that she's found out because the other uh, woman who's working with the bad guys told her that uh, the, the, the villains were slipping off to go and uh, attack the main uh, city and assassinate the emperor. She's then, so, okay, they tell her, all right, you lead us to the city. Why? Why would they have her lead us to the city? Don't they know where it is? Of course they do. It's the freaking general and his captains. But she's leading in, and that's only just so they can have the plot point where Mulan can say to uh, to the other woman, see, look, I am leading an army. What? But but you're not, you're still the same ranking, really, as all the other soldiers. In fact, you were just expelled because you lied about who you were, and... So, I mean, I can understand them saying, okay, we're going to take, you know, we believe you of what you're saying when they have this big scene of like, no, I believe her. I believe her when she says that the emperor's in danger and we need to go to the, the hidden city. But then suddenly, okay, well, you lead the way. Why? That just doesn't make any sense. It is hero convenience. The other thing that was really weird is, well, they, they do give a reason later, but like during during like the primary battle that happens there in the mountains before the avalanche, 
like some of the horse and rider guys from the from the evil army, just visually let everybody see that they're leaving the army to go ride off, and they uh, and you would think it'd be have something to do with this battle because it's happening at the battle. So like, oh oh, this is being he's doing some sort of tactic. He's looking like he's running away, but he's not. But no, it's them riding off to go to the Imperial City because because the the battle is a distraction. Well, if the battle was a distraction, wouldn't you leave without anybody noticing you? Why would you do it in the middle of the battle to ride off? Because all that happens is Mulan and some other soldiers go riding after them in horses. And, of course, the entire group that she's with either is killed, except for two guys that turn and run. But Mulan just miraculously, you know, because she can dodge every arrow that's ever shot at her, like uh, she's Neo from The Matrix, because she has chi powers. So I, it went beyond believability and beyond any level of intelligence I could add to the script or the writing. I just got to say, it was poorly poorly written, and there was supposed to be stuff that was supposed to be, I guess, emotional moments. I felt nothing. And it might be because I had a bad day today, but I could not wrap my brain around some of the foolishness in the script and some of the stuff. At times, it felt like it wanted to be Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but the difference is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is not only amazing looking with amazing martial arts scenes, it's got a compelling story and and great characters. This one, it kind of had some interesting characters. We we barely know the names of some of them. They all just kind of like, yo, you have one personality quirk that you're kind of like the guy that, oh, she didn't think she liked, but then she liked him. You're the guy who's just the super sweet guy. I mean, basically her friends are on screen for maybe a total of five minutes, long enough to where you might care about them being in the final battle. But they're barely there. Barely a convenience. I mean... And, of course, we don't have Mushu, a dragon. We replace it with a phoenix that flies by at just key moments when Mulan needs encouragement or to be uh, resurrected from something that we see kills so many people. But Mulan gets it with it. Oh, and it's super easy. Barely an inconvenience. I guess the thing she's wearing to hold down her... Um, well, a woman parts, I'm trying to be polite here. The, what she's wearing there it manages to stop this thing from killing her that she's hit with. But it's killed so many other guys that were wearing armor, and okay, so, but for her it's super easy, barely an inconvenience to be hit with this thing. You know, it knocked her out for a little bit. But we have this replacement phoenix, which I don't know if there's phoenixes actually in Chinese mythology, but I know they're from Greek mythology. So I don't see how that's, uh, I don't know if that, maybe they have a version of a phoenix in China? I don't know, I'd be surprised to find out if they did. But yeah, phoenixes are generally Greek mythology. So, overall, I gotta give this two thumbs down, other than it looked nice, uh, it was pretty neat, you know, stylistically, I think the acting wasn't bad, but the story, it's just, I'd rather watch the old animated one. Uh, the animated one was just, it's just a great, I love the old animated, it's a great movie, and this was not a great movie, it was, it was okay. It was enough to where you'll watch the whole thing, you'll be, you'll be kind of entertained, but it really fails. In, uh, on a lot of levels. It, I put it down on level of that Artemis Fowl movie of being just poorly executed. So, especially when you know the source material was actually really good. I gotta call this poorly executed. Apparently the Artemis Fowl books are really good and they just poorly executed this one. So like Disney did with the Narnia films, uh, they they did okay. They're, 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 they're decent, but they're not as good as they could have been. But I, I did enjoy at least uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I haven't watched it in a while and... It just, yeah, I've heard audio dramas of Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe, but I think they're actually better than what Disney did, although I did enjoy that. Uh, but yeah, this seems like they always seem to fall short on what something could be when adapting material here uh, over the last couple of decades. 
So, yeah, I don't recommend Mulan, but, you know, you can watch it for free on Disney Plus. So if you want to go ahead and check it out. Uh, there are people who have enjoyed it. Uh, I unfortunately did not. But now on to more happy and fun things. Let's spend some time with Will Ryan and Katie Lee. Let's join the phone call that was pretty much almost in progress. I hit the record button right in time for Will Ryan to have a little fun with me and ask me some questions. To Disney and beyond. Hey, great. So, we'll meet Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. How are you? Pretty good. Great. This is pretty exciting. I've never spoken to you before, so I'm like, yay. (laughs) I I told him hardly anybody ever speaks to you, so he's really lucky. Yeah. So, um, we're doing this on Skype, is that correct? Yep, and you get to do it right over the phone. Oh, oh, good. So, So, I'm not on camera? No. Right. Oh, great. Oh, that's easier. Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) I could turn all these lights off now. Oh, I thought I told you it was audio. Oh, okay. So are we on right now? Yeah. Uh, Yes, and I've went ahead and started audio so we can get rolling because I know your time is limited. Great. The first question I have is, how do you pronounce the name of the state that you're in? Missouri. You say with a E sound at the end. Yes, because there's an I at the end, and it's not an A. So <laughs> I agree with that. But but are there people in Missouri who say Missouri? Yes. Okay, that's what has confused me. Okay. Yeah. And are they generally uh, out in the rural area, or just uh, missile? You know, is it a regional thing, or or what is it? I have no idea. I have never figured it out because I live around Kansas City, and we got people who say Missouri around here. So, I don't know. Wow. My next question. Did they, in fact, tear down the old uh, uh, building that uh, Ub and Walt and everybody used to work in? Uh, uh, the Laughagram? Yeah. The Laughagram, it is, well, they, there's a group called Thank You Walt Disney that's supposed to be rebuilding it. Uh, oh, they no. have They have not been moving along as fast as I think they could be. Uh-huh, um, but they actually tore it down? No, it's it's there. Oh, uh, they well, they put a new roof on it. If you want to talk to Jeremy, you can talk to him another time. This is our half hour for him to ask us questions. Oh, okay. Well, we can but, answer questions too. But I think this is of interest to uh, the audience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course, most of my audience already knows a lot they of. They already this. know this. Okay, <laughs> but that's okay. Well, I've only been your your audience a couple of times. I was at the uh, Marceline Parade once, thanks to you. <laughs> oh, you were. Sure. Was yeah. it for Tune Fest? Uh, yeah, yeah, but I was just uh, I saw it on on um, YouTube. Oh, okay. So you haven't actually gotten to come out to Marceline to no, be a part no, of it. No, no. But, uh, I think Glenn Keane has. He means has... he got to watch what you put up there. So yeah, I exactly. seriously yeah. enjoyed it right. for your effort. And, and you know, Walt used to have parades all the time in in those early black and whites, uh, partly because you could repeat footage. You, you know. And, right. and partly, I think a lot of people did that, but it was fun to see a real parade, uh, you know, in, in his real uh, kind of hometown in a way. Yeah, and it's fun to watch in a small town because the parade marches down one one way, then turns around and comes back and so you see the other side. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. It surprised me the first time I went to it. I was like, what are they doing? They're coming back. <laughs> Katie, have you ever been in a parade? Have I been in one? Yeah. I 
Maybe. Hmm. But I did find a picture of myself as a little girl at the Hollywood parade when I was like three. Wow. Watching it. Me. And not in it. We have a parade every You were uh, three? You were three? You mean like Huey, Dewey, and Louie? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to clarify. You know, no, I, I butter clarify. I don't, I don't know if I, if I, I don't think I ever was because I think I would remember being tired. Wow. Yeah. I was in the doodah parade once. Oh, you were? Yes. Oh, no, twice, actually. Oh. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which is a crazy Pasadena parade we have. It's it's the uh, alternate version of the uh, Rose Parade. But I digress. Hey, we're supposed to be answering questions. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely using some of this audio. That's good stuff. Oh. <laughs> well, full of it. I mean, full of good stuff. <laughs> quote Katie on that. <laughs> Okay, well, so all of my Neverlanders, basically what's going on here, I couldn't think of a better way, really, to kick off the first episode of our eighth season to actually have a returning guest. Guess Katie Lee, my very first guest I ever had on the show, which is actually a funny story. Yes, you were my very first guest. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. We just kind of went through your IMD page, IMDB, and then uh, the, the program I was using to make the recording corrupted the file. And you were actually nice enough to come back on late on a Saturday. I think your husband was playing with his kids' tribute band at a hockey game that night. And so I stayed to play. <laughs> and we re-recorded the entire show, acting like we hadn't just had a conversation the night before. <laughs> My goodness, and it's been eight years? Yeah, well, I'm starting the eighth year. We've It's been seven years. Wow. So we're starting the eighth year now. So I, I heard you say that we're icking off. Now, did you say ticking or kicking? I wasn't quite sure on that. There's a... <laughs> Bad connection here. Kicking. Um, well, we're kicking off. Kicking. Oh, oh, good. Oh, good. That's better. Kicking. And for those who don't recognize this other voice, this is the first time we've ever gotten to talk to the great Will Ryan, who's actor, musician, and just all around hilarious guy. <laughs> well, Jeremy, thank you for saying that. I'm not so sure that I'm great, but some of my voices are like Willie the Giant. He's literally a great person, being very was- tall. I was actually just watching Mickey's Christmas Carol just today because you are you are two characters in there. At least two, yes. At least two. <laughs> two problems. I, I, I've already even told Katie one time before that as much as I love Jim Cummings' version of Pete, I love yours better because you remind me of the classic Pete. Yes, when they want that, then they come to me. For example, uh, what was it called? Get a, get a horse. horse. Yeah, get a yes. horse. Yes. It had to match Pete. <laughs> so. Yeah. And and they actually they pulled some of my before they called me in they already pulled some of my stuff from earlier things including some laughs from uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol I think you know <laughs> you're but, a uh, legend and yeah. he's he's not just an actor and a musician he's a songwriter he writes scripts he's an artist he draws cartoons and I've taken complete advantage of him for our, our book <laughs> yes. Oh, that's right. We got the cheapest artist around. Me! Yay! The best. <laughs> well, at least and cheap best. one working on my own books, yeah. Or Katie and right. books. <laughs> well, you know, when you need to take a trip to Igledep, you know, you got to take a right. with you. Woo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> all aboard. <laughs> yes, all aboard, which is still one of the best parts. Of. So basically what I'm talking about, for anyone who doesn't know, you'll have to rewind. I don't remember what episode it was, but Katie was on before to tell us about Adventures in Oddity, which was a book that you two wrote together. 
in script form, really. Uh, and which, as fun as that book was, I remember getting the book, but then you released that audio book, and the audio book was a laugh riot. I actually just listened to it again this week while, while driving for some of my work. And I was I was disappointed when I reached the end of it because it is so much fun to listen well, to the two of you. Good news for you. Woohoo! Because That's true. we have added fifty eight more pages. Now it's called Adventures in Oddity with the bonus edition and all the bonus chapters have been added audio Lee on and five now. years later. Five years <laughs> so, so if anybody has the first version like you, they can just get the second part, the bonus edition, separately, or if no one's ever heard it, they can get the whole thing uh, put together. So, and we should explain the title is a takeoff on, on Adventures in Odyssey, which is a radio show, uh, a, a weekly radio series that Katie and I have been on. We're now in our 34th year of this, and we've worked with all kinds of wonderful actors over the years, and it's a professional show done out of Los Angeles. Or, or voices are recorded in L.A., and uh, post-production is done around the world. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, but it's a, it's a faith-based show, and if some people don't know, so the name is a takeoff on that, but really we're the odd fellows who work on the show, and the oddities are, frankly, our book, but here's one <laughs> oddity tidbit, is the cover of the book uh, was taken, the picture was taken, Will and I have been, gosh, working together almost 40 years, before Odyssey, and he posed with me for a commercial headshot thing, a composite photos, and turns out the the picture looks so much like the characters we've been playing for 34 <laughs> years now. Yeah. And I, when I found it about 10 years ago, this, this is a crazy story, I said, well, look at this picture. We look like Connie and Eugene from Adventures in Odyssey. This is crazy. And I said, we should send it to focus on the family. And he said, no, we'll save it our book and i said what book and then we wrote a book to go with the cover <laughs> that we already had so i that was that was one that was the main oddity that uh prompted our our writing and it's it, it is the rest of it is also in uh for and, and if you listen to the I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it by the way uh as will says it has more music than the book so there's mm-hmm. definitely that <laughs> yeah. right that you can hear anyway <laughs> yeah, and I almost got myself into trouble because I had I had stopped at an Arby's on my way down to Springfield, uh, and I was singing to myself all aboard for Eagle Dip because I had just heard it as I had stopped my car. And I walk into Arby's, going into the restroom, singing, and I'm like, okay, they're gonna look at me funny. It is so Pretty catchy though. Catchy too, and I know, yeah. Yay! Actually, Katie, we should actually record that with the band and everything. I've got a band, and, and uh, I'm explaining this. Uh, so we should we should actually do that. He has a band, it's, and he's, he's Will Ryan and the Cactus County Cowboys. And actually, if anybody is really interested in that book, they can go to my website, katielee.com, and we're having a special until December 10th. And if they order autographed copy of Adventures in Oddity, the bonus edition, they also get, along with it, one of Will's uh, Cactus County CDs. And, That's true. Yeah. And, uh, usually yeah. You, you get the one we're performing, but... I, I don't know. I don't know what it's like over where you are in Missouri, but but <laughs> out here there's a, an international pandemic going on, so we aren't yeah. actually performing anymore, and we had oh, to cancel no. a lot of things, and and here we are. So this yeah. is currently the only way you could get to our records, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, and it's super fun. One's for Christmas people hearing album. this after December tenth, twenty twenty, I think uh, the the book is on Amazon, right? 
Yeah, well, they can still get autographed copies from the website. You're right, because oh, our special is ending on the 10th, so that's not good for these listeners, is it? But they can, yeah, that's still, true. if they're interested, get it on the site. And I don't know, we're going to make your CDs available somehow, because people need... Are they available anywhere, Will? Um, I, I, not that I know of, no. Okay, so unless you know my address, they're not available <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, I'm trying to remember how, because I've got one of them. I got the ride in the Hollywood Trail, which is uh, the Cactus County with the is it Saguaro. I never know how to say that. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I th- the, the G. I think is I got silent. that on CD, baby. It's like Wacamole is actually pronounced. Uh, the G is pronounced as a W. So oh, okay. Saguaro Sisters. It's spelled with a G, but pronounced with a W. Saguaro. Saguaro trees that we have. So you got it on CD Baby. Are your other ones available on CD Baby? Well? There, there are two or three that were, but I don't think they are anymore. I, I think that CD Baby no longer deals with physical material. Oh, um, yeah, I think that's what somebody told me. I, I, I don't pay attention to that stuff that much as much as he's I should. too busy writing. He's so prolific. <laughs> he just keeps cranking stuff out and doesn't even know what. He's just, this well, way, I used to be trail prolific. behind him of stuff. But I, I was prolific, but due to a typographical error, I'm now prophilic, oh. and I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, there you go. I but think yeah. it, I think it means I'm I'm for love. Because uh, oh. Phil, P H I L, brotherly that? love, yeah. with a yeah. P H though you have to spell it differently. Mm-hmm. These are the kinds of discussions that uh, if <laughs> that we entertain ourselves with. Yes, <laughs> and, and eventually we'll be entertaining other people with. Uh, we're hoping. Yeah, to we're do thinking of doing a podcast. You've been doing yours for eight years. Mm-hmm. How? Well, up, up, to, up to eight. Or, yes, uh, that's yeah, right. Just starting the eighth. the eighth. Like we're starting yeah. our thirty-fourth year, and something people might remember called radio. Yes, known as the wireless <laughs> in other parts of the English-speaking world. Um, yeah. So, so what was that like when you started, and, and what is it like now seeing other people? You, you must have seen so many podcasts come and go in eight years. Yeah, uh, well, heck, I wasn't even in on the first wave. Uh, I picked up on it later. I mean, I I kind of got into it because when I was a kid, I used to record myself on cassette tapes, uh-huh. and I'd make little shows for myself. And then I discovered podcasts. I'm like, oh my goodness, I could actually make a show that other people could enjoy. And the main thing I've seen happen is, you know, because I learned about what we call pod fade, and that's somebody who kind of gets into it, and then they don't have enough to- enough of a topic to where they can talk about it all the time. And right. they just kind of fade out. Uh, and then, of course, you, we have the old expression, the best thing about podcasting is that anyone can start a podcast. The worst thing about podcasting is that <laughs> anyone, anyone can start a podcast. And that would include you and me, Will. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you two would be fun, though, because you're, especially listening back to the audio of Adventures in Oddity, you two are like a classic-style vaudeville comedy team. That's what my husband said. The exact <laughs> same thing. And I thought he was just referring to my my taste in clothes. But... No, not at all. But no, it's true, and we can talk about anything. That's why our podcast. Well, we'll have to tell you later. Do you have questions? No, that's <laughs> that. That's actually what we want to call our show. Is tell you later because we get a little sidetracked, and then we can talk about just about anything. So yeah, if, really if we don't finish, we'll tell you later. 
Cobra. Hey, that should be our motto. If we don't finish, we'll tell you later. There you go. Now I've just come up with the motto. There you go. All right. Because right. what's a motto? What's a motto with you? Yeah. <laughs> See? As opposed to what's a motto you, which is where Bullwinkle went to school. <laughs> That's well, there you go. <laughs> Oh my goodness! But we could talk about working with Bill Scott, for example. I was just going to say that that's that's one of the things you know. Will and I have worked with so many amazing people, and ever since the very beginning of our friendship, we've always just really looked each other in the eye and said, "Someday we're going to be those people, and we're going to be able to share the stories of what we've witnessed over the past, you know, as we get older, and all the wonderful people that we've worked with." And one of our first cartoons we did together well probably was it might have been the first series we did together was you with know, uh, no. Bill Scott and June Foray I think we'd yeah. already been doing Dumbo Circus at that point. yeah but that's not a cartoon see I oh, said right, cartoon right. I said cartoon ah good point yeah. that's right but we did I should pay attention Dumbo's, we, <laughs> that's the problem anyway oh, what yeah did hello week somewhere <laughs> oh Katie that was you hello yes <laughs> yeah because uh, I was trying to work because I'm I remember, Will, that you were rabbit on Welcome to Pooh Corner. But, yeah, Katie, I guess you didn't get to do anything on Pooh Corner. You didn't come no. along until Dumbo Circus. I came on Dumbo Circus, and Will worked on Dumbo Circus as well. He was Barnaby the dog. He also wrote scripts and songs. Um, and occasionally I would get to sing because I'm not a great singer. Katie, you, you probably sang at least 10 of my, 15 of my songs or something. I, have, I actually have a cassette. I have on MP3 your songs from Dumbo Circus that I asked you to make because I love those songs. And Walker Edmondson was on Dumbo Circus and he sang a few of the songs. And Jim Cummings, that was his very first show. So we worked yeah. with oh, him wow. on his first series. Uh huh. Yep. I actually have kind of a funny Jim Cummings story. Uh, the time that I almost got to meet him but didn't. Uh, so here at Planet Comic Con in Kansas City, uh, I usually hold a panel at the convention, and we had brought in an artist named Adrian Rob. He worked on Disney Infinity. He did the storyboarding. Uh, he's even he's working on a top secret project I can't talk about, but he's done a lot of great art. But we had oh, him in to talk to him. Oh, that top secret project. We know that one. We know the one. <laughs> <laughs> but we had me and my co-host. They flew in from Arizona, and we were set up to do a panel with him. And they scheduled our panel, forgetting that I'm a you know primarily Disney show, so I try to get those Disney fans in. But they put our panel to run at the exact same time that Jim Cummings was doing oh. a big panel in the main room. So all the Disney people went in there to go hear Jim while we did our panel to a empty room. Well, well maybe Jim never had over in the corner. Mind you, wow. <laughs> oh and man, we could hear people laughing and enjoying Jim Cummings through the wall behind us. I'm like, yeah, if I wasn't in here on my own panel, I'd be in there too, though. <laughs> He's quite a funny guy too. So we had so much fun. It was it, he was still even kind of working at a video store, I think, when he was working on Dumbo Circus, and it wow. was. Uh, and he still lived down in Orange County or something. Mm or no, I think East. Um, oh. anyway, anyway, yeah, somewhere. And, and then the rest is history. He just skyrocketed and, you know, now we eat his dust, but no, but we still <laughs> love him. Yeah. He's a, he's a good guy. And I do at some point at some, I do need to get him on the show, but right now I'm still trying to figure out how to navigate back. Cause, uh, Jess Harnell actually came into town, uh, at a convention, I got a chance to talk to him a little bit, but I haven't figured out how I can get arrangements to get him on the show, especially now that Animaniacs is back. 
Oh, I want to get Jess on because yeah. I've talked to I, I, at least some of the major players from Odyssey because we've gotten to talk to Townsend a couple of times. In fact, I had you and uh, and Townsend on at the same time after um, I think when somebody had passed away, and it was a it's such a funny show because when you listen, I just kind of kick back and fade out because you two interact so well. It was just like I'll just let you two talk. This is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you have too much problem when you have voice actors. They just you just push the button and we go. Exactly. Are you implying so we're verbose? Verbose? Well, I went to the doctor recently and had my physical, and I'm only three pounds verbose. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's a relief. Well, if you need a few extra pounds, I'm supposed to shed about another uh, seventy of them. Whoa. Really? Okay. Yeah. No, no, I'm I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> I will gladly give them away. <laughs> it's a little bit hard. Everybody's being very very kind and saying, "Well, it's the COVID. Everybody's gaining weight." So we all well, have this if, if you're under doctor's yeah. orders to lose 70, I, I guess. My sister told me a, a good trick for losing weight. She said, "It's all up to you. It, it, you're the person who puts the food in your mouth." Wow, that's true. Hey, that's so simple. She's right, and it was so amazing. So I think that's the only time I've ever heard you agree with your sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm wow. really not helping myself because my my what I'm calling my COVID job because I was working in radio until in March uh, they wiped out a bunch of us. So I started oh, working no, doing. Really? So I started working, uh, doing photography, like the school portraits. And so I get to haul around the equipment and set up the equipment. So I'm kind of getting my exercise because lugging around this heavy equipment. But uh, photography season is ending actually at the end of this week. And I'm going to go back to my radio job. So I get to, it's, I'm working through a small town. So I'm getting to do news, weather, and obituaries. <laughs> oh. oh sitting around in a, in a radio studio, you don't get much exercise. That's true. You know what? Well, and that's like us working from home, you know, with, I'm in my booth right now, and and most of my work is done from home, so there's not a big commute here. Yeah. You know, at least you're going to the radio station. Why? But Tonight I could I somehow to... tie in lugging photography equipment with Neverland, and I'll do it this way. <clears throat> Lewis Carroll was a photographer, and he really had to lug around a lot of equipment. In fact, a lot, mm-hmm. you know, because you'd you'd be on location and you'd make the shot, then you'd have to put a lot of chemicals on the plate to preserve it immediately, you know. So you had to lug all of that stuff around. And of course, um, he wrote Alice in Wonderland, and um, Katie, uh, 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 Catherine Beaumont, Kathy Beaumont, uh, played uh, Wendy, uh, or mm-hmm. played um, Alice. Alice, yep. but then she played Wendy in exactly. Disney's Peter Pan. So there we and go. So you see, the whole it's the circle of life. Yeah. In a way. <laughs> yeah. Now we got to just right. attach Kevin Bacon somewhere into that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I and you know she used to have bacon for breakfast. I know I did this morning actually. So you see, it's, and that is how, and that is how we think, and that is how we enjoy life. Katie, are you related to Kevin Bacon in any way? Probably. You know, he did that Balto movie, right? So, yes. do you know my friend David Cohen? He wrote no. it. Uh-uh. Okay, and 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 Roger S. H. Shulman. No. Uh, so, so I guess I'm, you know, is that two steps away from Kevin Bacon? But let me tell you what, Jeremy. Will knows so many people 
It's mind-boggling. He even knows the Sherman Brothers. Ooh. <laughs> I knew them before I moved out of here. Or at least uh, Bob, anyway. Yeah. Yep. I didn't so know he's him, but, got a but lot he... to talk about. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Especially if, if you ever write a song with, uh, oh, because, yeah, not Bobby Sherman that's still alive, the other one that's still alive. Wow, Richard Sherman. If you ever wrote a song with him, no, but, i got to hear uh, it. <laughs> we talked about it about 30 years ago, and um, and I was thinking we should talk about that again. And, yeah. Well, you better give him a call, Will. But Bob, uh, but Dick's first writing partner, um, and, they wrote probably 30 or 40 songs together. And uh, you'll be surprised, Katie, to know who it was. I will. Yeah. His childhood best friend, Milt Larson. Oh, yes. You mentioned that the other day. Yeah. 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 Founder of the Magic Castle. And I have to be on a Magic Castle Zoom call uh, fairly soon, which is why I'm here for You're bringing that up because he likes to watch magic on Zoom. But don't you feel like like they could trick you more on Zoom? Um, <laughs> sure, of course. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not the same as being in person unless they read your mind. Do they do that? <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> they do? Uh-huh. Well, yeah. no, I, I should explain. The Magic Castle is a great place, but there's this epidemic going on, this aforementioned international epidemic. Mm-hmm. And, and so as a stopgap measure, they're having these weekly little Zoom things and, uh, uh, and and sometimes they have. Who's operating the camera? That's what I want to know. Uh, <laughs> depends on where. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. So, Jeremy, yeah. what did you want to talk to us about? Because we have like two minutes left. <laughs> well, since, since he mentioned rabbit, I mean, it gave me ticket. Would you please stop bouncing? It's very annoying. I just thought I'd do a voice while I'm here. <laughs> I think that's really good. And then I'll say, and that's our show for today, boys and girls. I hope you liked it. Oh, that does remind me of a question. (laughs) Are they going to uh, bring you in to be Honker Muddlefoot for the, I hear Darkwing Duck, they're going to make a new series? Uh, Yes, and the answer is no. Oh. No, just like everything else that Disney is doing brand new, they are not using me. Yeah, or, or any, or seemingly anybody else. I'm shocked right. to hear yeah. that this uh, Animaniacs is using. Are they going to be using uh, the original? Film? Yeah, but you see, it's not. No, it's not Disney's option. It's, it's right. yeah. Warner, and it's Spielberg. That's very annoying. I mean, when Walt was alive, uh, you know, uh, if if uh, Pinto Colvig got really old and sounded different, well, that's the way Goofy sound sounded. You know, right? I, I mean, he was really uh, loyal. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, well, actually, uh, from what I heard, and I, su- oh, I suppose I could share this, that, that they're, they've redesigned Darkwing Duck. So the Muddlefoot yeah. family is going to look different this year. And so and at, not being of that persuasion, I will not be doing, I will be doing Hawker's voices if I was really lucky. Maybe they'd ask me to do something else like a cousin, but yeah. Uh, they're not going to. Katie, we, we just yes. found out the other day that they uh, can't not canceled, but they they stopped making new episodes Duck of Tales. Duck yeah. yeah Ducktales, which we both used to be in, right? Or was I just in it? I think it was just you. Well, you know, okay. Will's been been you've been Scrooge McDuck too, right? Yeah, sure. In, in and, the past, because um, they thought Alan sounded too nice, so so <laughs> uh, for a while. 
but I thought, <laughs> I thought he sounded like Alan. But Alan Young also worked for years with us on Adventures in Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, until he passed away. Yeah. So yeah. we've had a, you know, we get to hear all the, the inside scoop about that. No, I wasn't in DuckTales, but I was in Darkwing Duck and Gummy Bears. Uh, yeah. And I think those are all the main. Disney bought everything. That I was in. <laughs> Basically, every you know they bought the Muppet Babies too, so might right, as well right. say that yeah. that was a Disney show. Now I don't know. Yeah. I'm waiting for that original series to pop up on Disney Plus because I miss oh, watching it. Wouldn't that be nice? I I, I I wish they would. Everybody, write in, tell them. Hey, Rolf the dog said that you want to hear the original Muppet Babies. Well, they're doing a yep. new one now because Disney's own Spider Man and um. And they're, they're, you know, they're doing all kinds of crazy things with them now. So they're doing, they're combining that with like a Bobby Driscoll, Peter Pan character. He's called Sp- Spider Pan, and I just made that up. Are you kidding? <laughs> you are kidding. Yeah, sort of. Except for uh, I, I am known around here as the Spider Pan because as head I last know. boy, I'm the Pan. So <laughs> you're <laughs> right. totally on board. We're on the same page. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, I hope so you were wearing your mask. To, to, yeah, to Neverland <laughs> and Beyond. That is so well, to cool. Disney and, it and Beyond. Like Disney <laughs> and Beyond. And right. I was thinking you should have Margaret on the show, but I saw that you had her on years ago. Oh, and oh, she Margaret evidently Carey, went to Marceline. She is so amazing. Yeah. Margaret yeah. Carey, she's just. Uh, I, I read, I'm her, book. To go, I read I'm, her book from beginning to end. Yeah. You know, I actually haven't picked that up yet. I need to get that. It's a hefty book. Um, <laughs> you know, Katie, I think you know that I might be going to see her next week. In Florida? No, in Arizona. She No, she. Oh, she, that's right. You she's in Arizona now for some reason. Yes. Maybe she's visiting there or something. But I'm not sure I'm going to do right. it now because of the aforementioned pandemic. Oh, uh, you mm. should just do it. Just stay in your car. Have a drive-by. <laughs> I'll, I'll have my servant uh, drive well, by. I drove my taxpayer to paid servant drive by, and I'll like, wave out the window. Remember when we drove to Phoenix together? That's right. Yes. That's we right. Did. Part we, of our big our book tour. When our first book came out, yeah. we read it. Um, we did a little reading at a bookstore in Peoria, Arizona. Right, and we had a great comedy act, too, at the time. We did. And, Do you remember that? Remember I Was Funny? Yeah. You played music? Right. <laughs> and we have no idea what that comedy act was. Which is... I think it was Will and Katie or Katie <laughs> oh, and Will. Okay. Like and we, we... There's a joke from the book in there. Y'all have to get the book so you know what we're, we're, that's funny about that. Oh, yeah. The new edition has uh, all kinds of stuff. And I think you might even find a drawing that looks like Gyro Gearloose in there. But uh, speaking of Hal Smith, which we weren't, but we should have been. Uh, <laughs> but I was it's, the first voice of Gyro, but um, I, I, really? I, I assume he was playing it on 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 one of the shows because I, I seem to recall that he was. But uh, yeah, yeah, I How? should correspond with a fellow named Carl Barks, if anybody mm. knows who that is. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. So, yeah, it mean, really, Will knows. If there's any questions you don't know about Disney, Will probably will either know the answer or make up a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> up to a point. As, as you know, as to what's going on nowadays over there, I don't think they even know what they're doing. You know, <laughs> it's, right now it's, you know, 
I think they just yeah. laid off, they finally are laying off uh, tons of executives now. Oh wow! Uh, really? You know, it's reached that. I mean, point. it's yeah. it's so bizarre for like the one thing that's always you know stalwart is Disney, but it's tough with Disneyland and you know not being mm-hmm. open. I actually think I had a dream about it last night. Wow. Do you want to know something? I don't know if I told you this, Jeremy. I don't know if I told you this, Will. It's very, very strange. When I was a little girl, um, my dad, I, I moved to Illinois for a few years, but my dad was still in California. But every year we'd go to Disneyland. I'd come visit him. And I used to have this dream. You know, Bewitched was on TV at that time. Uh-huh. And uh, I used to dream, like, regularly that I was, like, a witch. And I would turn myself no, into a bird, uh-huh. and I would fly to Disneyland from Chicago. Okay, now this is the weird part. I would fly to Disneyland until I was just on the other side of the wall. You know when, when you're driving and there's that wall with, like, sure. ivy that used to be? I think they call wall. it a berm, but yes. So there's wall, and I would turn into a red rubber ball. And then I would bounce over the wall to get into <laughs> Disneyland and then become mean. And, and afterwards, I think, why couldn't I just fly over the wall? But I would always turn into this ball and then bounce over the wall and get into Disneyland. <laughs> wow. That's a, it's an interesting strategy. It's a uh, six-year-old dream, so I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that bizarre? Boy, yes, it is. And, and you know, uh, five minutes ago, I was given the signal that... Um, the Magic Castle. You better uh, turn into yep, a rubber ball. Get rolling. Get out of here. Yeah. Well, 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 Jeremy, this has been fun, and you yeah. didn't even answer half of my questions. So, <laughs> well, you're welcome to come back anytime. Great. Well, thank you, because I want to find out what the definition of classic rock means to people nowadays. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm old enough that classic rock. What what got me is I was working in a classic rock station, and when I found Stone Temple Pilots and Nirvana in there, I was like, "Am I that old?" Oh, <laughs> weird, isn't it? Because that's not that classic rock has shifted a couple like yeah. twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. To me, it's still electric light orchestra and Queen. Oh. Well, to oh, us, yes. it's. Something or E-O-O and Q, as we intimates call them. <laughs> Indeed. What, what what would be classic rock for you, Will? Well, I, I mean, um, uh, that's the funny thing about the definition. You know, it's like jazz. Jazz used to mean a completely different thing to me than it did to my dad, you know. and uh, But it was all jazz. Classic rock, if you use the word classic, you would think it would be like the original stuff. But that would be, I think... Probably people would call it classic rock and roll, but nowadays mm. rock and roll, the early stuff, you know, that yeah. is early Elvis, early Jerry Lee Lewis, early, um, uh, you know, Chuck Berry, of course. Mm-hmm. Which, now there's who classic. played at my high school, by the way. Really? Wow! Wow! Yeah. Chuck Berry, you know, <laughs> you know the song "Surfing USA." Yeah. Mm-hmm. The current sheet music has a, a photo of Chuck Berry on the cover because. <laughs> And now it just says words and music by Chuck Berry, which really? of course is not true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Why would it but say but that? Brian adopted the the melody of um, uh, Maybe, oh, of a Chuck Berry song for that, and huh. uh, Sweet Little what? Sixteen. Yeah. And so part of the deal was that uh, you know after a certain time the 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 money and the rights and the authorship would revert to Chuck Berry completely. 
So that's what happened. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, but now i got to go. Jeremy, okay. great to talk to you. Katie. Great to talk to you. Bye, Thank you both nice for coming you. on to the show. Hey, by the way, we <laughs> okay. just got another sale. So. Oh, Yay. okay. Yay. Yay. All right. It's in the ether. Adios. <laughs> Adios. Adios. Bye. Go on, Hello out there in TV land. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. A Neverland podcast television review. Okay, so now it's the part of the show where I'm going to talk about the latest episode of The Mandalorian. This would be the episode that would have aired on December the 4th. So, uh, that's episode, I believe, 6. So, if you have not watched that episode, pause right here, go watch it, come back. Or skip this and come back to it later. But if you stick around, there's just one major, other than the fact that this episode was great, there's one major thing that I want to suppose on you. So, we see Dark Troopers. We even hear them called Dark Troopers. We kind of saw them in another episode, but we really didn't get, like, oh, are those Dark Troopers? At least I didn't catch it. I mean, we kind of see them in, like, uh, holding stations on the ship there with the uh, the uh, Moff... Um, I keep wanting to call them Moff Silver. <laughs> it's, it's hard sometimes for me to catch all the names, but, you know, the Moff. Well, he called them Dark Troopers and said to launch them. And they are out in orbit, and they launch these Dark Troopers down on there, and they grab Grogu and take him away. Now, now Dark Troopers, I think for a lot of us, we might recognize them from the video game Star Wars Dark Forces. And they were exactly kind of how they... I mean, granted, the Dark Forces, the graphics, you know, didn't look as good as what we were going to get later. But they they looked what I remember from the game, and they were as tough. They were like Terminators, as tough as they were in the game. I was thrilled to see them. I'm like, yay! So Dark Troopers are now a legit canon that they pop up somewhere in the Star Wars galaxy. Which makes me wonder, because Grogu sat there on that rock, and he's summoning the Force... Or he's, you know, reaching out with a force to where a Jedi or somebody Force-sensitive is supposed to be able to sense that and can come for him. Well, since Kyle Katarn first appeared in Dark Forces, and later, you know, they did the Jedi Outcast and Jedi Academy, all these Jedi games, and he's supposed to be a Force-sensitive. And we also have Mara Jade, another Force-sensitive character that's, you know, popped up in the series of games and in books. And we've got Grand Admiral Thrawn, who also debuted in a book that Mara Jade did. Could we maybe see them to come for Grogu to teach him? To, to teach him? Kyle Katarn and Mara Jade? Could we see them maybe come along? I don't know. I haven't heard anybody on casting anything. I haven't looked at anything. But I'm kind of wondering, could it, could it happen? Wouldn't that be cool? I think that'd be really, really neat. But of course, the other big thing we got to see is Boba Fett showed up full on. Uh, and uh, I think he showed off why he was the best in the business. You know, <laughs> he was pretty darn awesome, and he's even a really old guy. But he's uh, he hasn't lost a step in all the years he's been wandering Tatooine, and he came to get his armor back. And also, he brought with him Fennec. So Fennec is alive. Uh, he kind of did some some uh, well, that's Darth Maul cybernetics you know, kind of stuff, and she's alive. And I'm kind of glad for that because I think Fennec was underutilized because we got Ming Na Wen in that role. And they killed her in the one episode she was in. I'm like, oh, man, she got Ming-Na Wen. That could be a great character. So I'm glad to see Fennec is back, even though she's kind of not fully human anymore. I guess she's half of a droid. Something like that, you know. So I'm I'm glad to have her back. And the next episode promises to be super exciting with them going to save little Grogu. So I really enjoyed the episode. It was action-packed. It was fun. It was very, very dramatic. And uh, 
It was very emotional. It, so it was a great episode. It might be more aimed at us fans of Star Wars giving us what we want. I don't know if a person who wasn't really a big fan of Star Wars would really be as excited as we are. But I thought it was a great episode, and I'm looking forward to the next one. But I thank you for listening to Neverland, and uh, I'll try. I'm, we're getting almost weekly here again, so I'll try to make sure we get another show. Like I got, I got some people I wanted to be able to talk to. Uh, I might even have old Jonathan Johnson come back on here to talk some more Rankin Bass fun with us. And we did it last year, but you know I love talking about some Rankin Bass Christmas. Uh, we got to kick into some Christmas time because I really need some Christmas time. Uh, even though things are looking like I'm not going to have such a great Christmas this year, I'm 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 glad it's coming. Uh, but I am getting to start on the 14th. I will be back at my work at the classic radio station 100.1 Quick FM in Cameron, Missouri. So there's something good. I will be back at the radio station, but I will only be there part time. I won't be there full time like I was uh, last well until last March. So yeah, things are starting to turn around for me, but also just having a bad month so far. But anyways, I will see you all next time here in Neverland. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions. And a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at YeehawBob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello, everybody. This is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast. We love you. Neverland Podcast. We love you. Neverland Podcast. It's true. Neverland Podcast. We love you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 